Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Spirit of Prophecy podcast. Appreciate you joining me for another episode. Thank you so much for liking, subscribing, sharing, getting the word out. It really means a lot. I appreciate some of the emails I receive, uh, comments, encouragement. Uh, some have even donated, uh, and I appreciate that. It means a lot to think that you would even go as far as giving financially to support the ministry here. Uh, it really does mean a lot, keeps me motivated. And, um, and so thank you for that. And uh, hopefully we can keep on being a blessing. So today I'm going to jump right into the subject because I got a lot I want to say. We're going to talk about the Abrahamic covenant. This is something that's been being brought up a lot lately with everything going on in Israel and Palestine and, you know, the evangelicals, Fox News, they're all like, we stand with the Jews, right? And uh, we're biblical for doing that. The Abrahamic covenant, it's never been revoked, amen. And, you know, when you start saying stuff like that, it's like, have you ever actually listened to the other side? I've never heard anybody say God broke his promise to Israel. The Abrahamic covenant's been revoked. I've never heard, I've never heard anyone say that. I've never claimed it. So why do people say that? It's because they're trying to demonize another position because they can't make an honest argument. That's all there is to it. They can't make an honest argument. And the tip, and typically, okay, and, I, and I'm not trying to be mean, I'm just being factual here, but most Baptists, they have been spoon-fed their theology, and most of it's good, not all of it, but most of it's good, but they've been spoon-fed their theology. They've not put any work into it. They've not done their own study. And so those who have been spoon-fed their theology, they've also been spoon-fed what other people suppose that theology is. And typically, you know, most Baptists are like this for sure, and I'm sure other religions are the same way. They like to misrepresent other people's positions. And the more difficult it is to debunk someone's position, the more likely they are to misrepresent. And so for independent fundamental Zionistic pre-tribulational Baptists, they are the best at doing this very thing because they cannot prove their position from scripture. So they demonize the other side and they do, they make a lot of just, they do a lot of slogans and statements like that. And it just reveals their ignorance. And, and you reveal your ignorance to those in your churches who are honestly looking for truth because they'll, some of them will look up these people's like, well, that's not what they said. And then you, you look dishonest. So you better watch out for that. So let's talk about this Abrahamic covenant. Cause I don't believe God ever revoked the Abrahamic covenant. I believe the Abrahamic covenant is still in effect. So here's the question though. What are the details of the Abrahamic covenant? Who do we apply it to? Do we apply it through an ethnicity, a bloodline, you know? And then that's what they started. You know, the church never replaced Israel. The church never replaced Israel. God's not done with it. And you just start, again, you just start saying those things again. It's like, okay, well, what does that mean? What do you think that means? Explain, clarify yourself. So we're going to get a little detailed here because this is important, all right? We're going to give you some serious ammo. And if you are a dispensationalist, please watch this program. And you need to be able to answer these questions. These are, these are legitimate questions that I'm going to ask. Some of what I'm going to say you're going to agree with. But then all of a sudden, we're going to get to a point with this covenant, we're going to follow this covenant in the scripture. And you are going to agree with a lot of what I say, but then there's going to come a point where you and I are going to part ways. And I'm telling you, you hit a dead end. 
I just keep on going is what's happening. So one of the things that motivated this, I've been seeing this little um, a picture going around on social media with everything going on, trying to encourage people to support, you know, the so-called modern state of Israel, the Jews. And they'll show how, you know, Abraham's descendants. So he had Hagar there on the left, if you're watching on video. And from her came Ishmael and then the Arab nation. And from the Arab nation, Muhammad came from that. And then the uh, religion of Islam. From Abraham and Sarah, you have Isaac. And then Jewish people. And then from Jewish people, we have Jesus, which is which goes into Christianity. And then you have Judaism as well. Now, this little chart here is not completely accurate, okay? And dispensationalists are really good at getting the little details wrong, okay? That actually aren't little details. For example, when they change seed to descendants, that's actually a pretty big deal. You know, but Paul said, he saith not into seeds as of many. That And that S creates a lot of problems. And so some of these little mistakes that they make, say, oh, you're nitpicking. Well, they lead to some major errors. Okay, And let me just show you one mistake in here. So first off, we have Isaac. And then we don't, it's not Jewish people. Because wait a minute, are, is Esau included in that? Are Edomites Jewish people as well? Uh, no, absolutely not. It goes from Isaac and then Jacob and Esau. And then from Jacob comes the 12 tribes of Israel. And then from the 12 tribes of Israel, that split. We had the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom. You have Judah, Yehuda, the Jews, the Jews. They were from Judah. So Jewish people don't even come from the 12 tribes of Israel. They come from Judah. So... Uh, that's not technically right. These, these details are very, very, very important. Okay. They're very, very important, but no, they miss that in that chart, but everybody's sharing this on social media. Okay. And so then again, from Jewish people, Jesus did in fact come from there and you have Christianity, but here's the thing too. Uh, what happened to all of those Jews that believed on Christ? Did they quit being Jews? Did they forsake Judaism? Did they forsake their covenant? Did they leave the Abrahamic covenant? What, what happened to them? Did they get broken off from the covenants and promises to Israel? Or did they still have both? But then we as Gentiles that got grafted among them, we, you know, what, what do you do with all that? Okay, these, these are important things, but uh, I, I won't just assume what you believe. But let's talk about this Abrahamic covenant, because basically what they're doing with this diagram is then when you get to where it switches to Judaism and Christianity, they will tell you that those under the Judaism category still are a part of the Abrahamic covenant. They will just tell you that. Now, they will not give you a scriptural basis for that, except for Genesis 12, but they just stop there. Again, they are going to run into a dead end. Okay, If you're a dispensationalist, we're gonna, I'm going to want you to follow me along. And again, at some point, you are going to hit a dead end and because your theology demands you not go a certain direction where we are going to continue going and we're going to follow this covenant through. So what is, what is the Abrahamic covenant? Well, I think everyone would agree we can find the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis chapter 12. So let's go ahead and see what Genesis 12 says. 
says, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, from thy father's house, into a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless him that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now, people today are applying that to a ethnic group who claims they are Jewish, but cannot prove a, a connection to Abraham. They can't prove it. They claim it. It's racist and anti-Semitic, apparently, to say that they can't, but they can't. Okay? I, I, I'm sorry, it's just reality. But they will claim that it belongs to them, that it does not belong to us. Well, let's follow this covenant. Let's follow this blessing. Okay? Because I think this is all, uh, these are all legitimate things. And they will tell you, so the Abrahamic covenant, it promises a blessing. The people say it still applies, but they'll say it applies to the Jews. Okay. Um, they'll talk about the land. God didn't revoke the land promise that belongs to the Jews that they will tell you that. So we got the, the blessing, uh, you know, being a great nation. These are all to the Jews and God has not revoked that promise. And so, uh, and, and it definitely includes the land. So let's go to Genesis chapter 17, okay? Genesis chapter 17 and look and see what it says. And it says, and Abram, Abram was, 90, uh, was 90 years old and nine. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked to them saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham for a father of many nations have I made thee. And I love what the apostle Paul pointed out in Romans 4:17, where he said, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Even though Abraham only had Ishmael at that point, God said, I've made thee past tense. Why did he do that? God speaks of those things that be not as though they were. Why? Because a promise from God is just as sure as past history. Just like you can't change the past, you cannot change what God has promised for the future. And it is just like God to take an old man with a barren wife and to raise up a nation that cannot be numbered for multitude. God's, God's promises are so good, he speaks of them as though they have already happened. And so this Abrahamic covenant, when God said, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to make your name great, I'm going to make a great nation from you, while God gave a promise of land and all these things, just understand these were, these were, these promises were good. And you can consider them as good as done. Nothing is going to change that. God doesn't break his promises. Okay. So, but here's the thing. Now let's talk about some things we're all going to agree on. Okay. Let's follow this covenant. And you are, dispensation is going to be with me for a little bit, but you're going to hit a dead end. Okay. So let's follow this covenant because Abraham had two sons and we understand that the blessings and the promises and the inheritance went to Isaac, not Ishmael. So was this a biological covenant? No. If it was a biological covenant, then not only would Ishmael have been included, but can anybody remember some children that Abraham had after Isaac? Remember, he took a wife, Keturah, and he had more sons with her. 
But did were they a part of the covenant? No. They did not receive the inheritance. They did not receive the land. Abraham actually gave that to Isaac. The Bible says in Genesis 25, 5, and Abraham gave all that he had unto Isaac. But unto the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had, Abraham gave gifts and sent them away from Isaac, his son, while he yet lived eastward into the east country. So it wasn't a biological thing. Ishmael was before Isaac. Sons of Keturah were after Isaac. And Abraham sent them away and gave everything that he had to Isaac. And that included the covenants. That included the promise. You could say the deed to the land, Abraham, the blessing, Abraham passed that to Isaac, not Ishmael. Okay. I think the dispensationalists are with me on that. I think, I think y'all would agree. Look what it says in Genesis chapter 26, verse 24 it says, and the Lord appeared unto him that same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father, speaking to Isaac, fear not for I am with thee and will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. So notice that this blessing, not only did Abraham give it to Isaac, but God recognized it. God said, he mentioned his father, Abraham, and how God was going to bless him. And God was going to make a great nation of him because Abraham had not been made a great nation yet. We only have Isaac. So, but God tells Isaac, this promise I made to Abraham, I'm going to do it through you. Isaac has the deed. Isaac has the inheritance. Okay? But you know what? It still wasn't a biological thing. Isaac also had two sons and says in Genesis 27, 29, he's speaking to Jacob here who stole the blessing. By the way, we all know this story. We learned this in Sunday school, how he deceived his father, pretended he was Esau, but it says, let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee, be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee and blessed be he that blesseth thee. There's that blessing. Who did Jacob give it to? Who did Jacob give the deed to the land to, the inheritance to, the blessing to? He didn't give it to Esau. We know the Edomites don't have it. I mean, the Edomites are people upon whom God has indignation forever. Who did he give it to? Gave it to Jacob. Jacob has the covenant. Jacob has the blessing, the inheritance, the deed. It's his. So it wasn't biological when God gave it to Abraham. It wasn't biological. It didn't become biological when Abraham passed on to Isaac. It didn't become biological when Isaac passed it to Jacob. Why do we still think it's biological? Why? How many times did God have to show us this pattern for us to realize that's not a biological thing? Okay. It's about a covenant and there's a way to get in a covenant and there's a way to get out of this covenant. We're going to see that here in a little bit, but again, so the blessing was not to all the descendants. So here's a few questions I want to ask that most of you will agree with the answers to. But then I'm going to ask one more question that dispensations will not be able to answer. First, so what was the promise and blessing that God gave to Abraham that was passed down to Isaac, not Ishmael, and that was passed to Jacob and not Esau? Well, it was the promise that a seed would come from him that all the nations of the earth would be blessed by. And I hope we all agree that was Jesus. With dispensations, you never know. It was a promise of a land inheritance that would belong to Abraham and his seed forever. Now, again, 
somewhere you got biological descendants, okay? Somewhere you got that from there, even though it excludes Ishmael and sons of Keturah and Esau. But again, the seed was Jesus Christ, okay? But but either way, we're going to get to that. I don't even know what you do with that. But it was a promise of a blessing on those who bless him and a curse on those who curse him. And I do believe that that went to all of those that were heirs of this inheritance. Okay, I don't believe that blessing went to Ishmael of I will bless him that bless you and curse him that curse you. I don't believe that went to Esau. I believe it went to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. But then you say, well, then it went to the 12 tribes. Okay, where do you show me? Where can you display that? I believe it did. I'm just, I'm asking you that question right now. What is your basis for that? Okay, what is your scriptural basis for that? It's important that you look that up, that you find that, that we find where that blessing went to the 12 tribes of Israel or the children of Israel, the individual. Another thing dispensationalists do, I don't know if they're playing dumb or if they are dumb, but when you try to have conversations about Israel, they are. Always use that word however it best suits them for whatever argument's going on. For example, because here's the thing that we all, we all have to agree with. There's no debating this. We have Israel, the individual, a man named Jacob, who God changed his name to Israel. We have the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, the Israel, the individual, the man. Okay, Why were they named with him? Why are they the children of Israel, not the nation of Isaac? Why is it the, why is it the nation of Israel, not Isaac? Why is it the nation of Israel, not Abraham? Why is it the nation of Israel? Why is it the 12 tribes of Israel and not Isaac? There's a reason for that. Okay, listen, nothing's in the Bible by accident. It's all there on purpose. The problem is dispensationalists only cherry pick the verses that the dispensational books focus on instead of just reading the entire Bible. So again, I got a lot of rabbits I could be chasing here, but I cannot influence or I can't emphasize this fact enough that it was not to all the descendants. We've already displayed that and you all would agree. Okay. Everyone would agree with a lot of what I've said, but this inheritance God promised to Abraham and his seed, the question everyone needs to have an answer to is if the inheritance did not go to all of Abraham's descendants, all of Isaac's descendants, then why did it go to all of Jacob or Israel's descendants? Where was their claim to it? Okay, do you have an answer? Okay, and there is an answer. Okay, but I'm just asking you, do you have an answer for this? Okay, and the answer is quite simple. Okay, and I never hear anybody give a biblical reason for this, and I think there's a reason for that. Because if you did find the Bible answer for this, it's going to, again, mess with a lot of your theology. So, um, let's, so the reason the 12 sons of Jacob were included in that blessing is because Jacob or Israel, the man, Israel, the individual, passed it on to them. But they also submitted to their father's authority and they took what he gave them and they continued calling themselves by their father's name as a people. And for them to remain in this covenant, they had to remain together as a people and they had to follow the commands of their father, Israel. 
they had to do this in order to have legal claim on that inheritance because the blessing, the land, God gave it to Abraham. Now, when Abraham died, did God now take it away? And now it's Isaac's to do whatever he wants with? No, Isaac has to follow his father. When Isaac died, does Jacob get just to do whatever he wants to with it? And it's not because it's not Isaac's anymore. That's how we do things in America. You know, in America, you know, if our parents leave us an inheritance when they die, we can go squander it and waste it. But no, the inheritance that Abraham received, he received it from God. And it was one that had promises and prophecies attached to it that God was going to fulfill. And so God's not going to let them throw away this inheritance. And let me tell you, they tried, but God preserved them as a people so he could fulfill his promise. So do, do you do you understand that? That this for, for them to remain in this covenant, they don't just get to do whatever they want to with it. They have to follow the commands of their fathers, Israel, Isaac, and Abraham. So what were some of those commands? Well, Genesis 17, 9. Says and God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore, thou and thy seed after thee and their generations. This is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised, and ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every man child in your generations. He that is born in the house, or bought with money, or of any stranger that is not of thy seed. So even relatives or even strangers could be included in this. Sounds like it's not biological, but he that is born in thy house, he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. You could be cut off from the covenant. Didn't matter that you descended from Abraham. Just because you descend from Abraham does not mean you're in the covenant. You must follow, You must be obedient to the commands of, of Abraham. Being a part of a nation is more than just genetics. It's more than just the fact that you were born here. There are things that you are supposed to do. There are things that you are supposed to follow. And it is ridiculous to claim that someone has claim to an eternal inheritance just because of a bloodline, especially when they are not following the commands of Israel. Hey, folks, if the if the inheritance belongs to Israel, okay, and I'm, I'm going to show you he did pass it on to someone, okay, but let's just say Israel. If it belongs to Israel, then aren't those who are of Israel supposed to follow their father's instructions? Otherwise, they are no longer a part of the covenant. And the, this, uh, the authority that these patriarchs had is a foreign concept to us as Americans. We are a very ethnically diverse people. Most of us are basically just servant class in America. We're told we're free, but we don't own anything. We don't really have any inheritance. The way things are in our culture, you know, our children are out from under our authority as soon as they turn 18 or leave the house. That's how we do it in, in our culture. But that's not how they did it back then. When God raised up a nation, God gave them a covenant and they were to follow that covenant. And Abraham was to command his children to follow that covenant. And if they don't, they would be cut off from the covenant. And that was spelled out. In fact, why did God choose Abraham? 
Well, in Genesis 18, 17, it says, The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. God knew Abraham would command the next generations after him. God expected them to follow their father. If you were of Israel, God expected you to follow Israel. God expects that. His authority meant something. His covenant, his inheritance, it was his. It was his. And he and, and it was something that belonged to his father, that belonged to his father, that came from God. And whenever he passed that on, and Jacob passed it on to someone, okay, understand they are required to obey their father. Okay, and I get it. That's a foreign concept to our rebellious, failing Amer American society that we have. But this is what we see in the Bible. So let me tell you, this blessing, all right, the blessing that bless you, it did go, it did go to the 12 tribes. It was on the 12 tribes. Let me show you that. In Numbers chapter 22 and verse 12, remember the story of Balaam when he was going to go curse Israel, but God wouldn't let him. And God said unto Balaam, thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people for they are blessed. Why did they have a blessing? Because they had, they were of Israel, the individual. They were in the covenant of Israel, the individual. They were, they were a part of that. Numbers 24, 9, when he decided, to, you know, when he went to go curse him, but wasn't able to and blesses him anyway, says he couched, he lay down as a lion, as a great lion, who shall stir him up? Blessed is he that blesseth thee and cursed is he that curseth thee. So right there, it was on the children of Israel after they came out of Egypt. Why? Because they were part of the covenant. They remained together as a people. And so now we understand where the blessing went. And the authority that Jacob or Israel had, we need to ask another question. Who did Jacob give the authority of the inheritance to? Who did Jacob pass the deed to? Because he, he did. He gave it to someone. Who did he give it to? Now, I want you to think about it. And I know who you're thinking. Okay. You're wrong. You're thinking Judah, right? You're, you're close, but that's not technically right. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you who he gave it to because this is actually spelled out for us in the scripture. Yet many miss it because this isn't spoken of in your dispensational theology books. And I'm going to get, I'm going to read the passage to you. And when I do, you're still going to miss it. You're still going to miss it, but I'm going to point it out to you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to stick your face in this scripture. I'm going to make you look at it. I'm going to rub your nose in it because you need to see it. So we can't emphasize enough the authority that Jacob or Israel had and that he would continue to have even after his death. He is Israel. He is Israel. They are his children. They are children of Israel. They need to follow Israel. If they are children of Israel's covenant, they need to obey their father to remain in that covenant. And so he did. You could say he had the authority to pass the blessing and authority down to whoever he wanted. But I do, I do believe that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob did pass the authority and the blessing down to who God wanted them to. And so after Jacob or Israel, who specifically had authority or held the deed to the blessings, promises, inheritance that God originally gave to Abraham, that was passed on to Isaac, not Ishmael, and sons of Keturah, that was passed on to Jacob and not Esau, let's see who Jacob, Jacob's Israel, is the deed holder. 
Israel the individual, not Israel the UN creation. Israel the individual. He is. The, he's the deed holder. Let's see who he passed the deed to. In Genesis chapter 49, in verse 8, I want you to look at this scripture. I want to rub your nose in this scripture. Okay, and let's see what it says. Genesis chapter 49, verse 8. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey, my son. Thou art gone up, he stooped down, he couches a lion as an old lion who shall rouse him up. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, and unto him should the gathering of the people be. Let me ask you a question. Who did Jacob pass the deed to? Judah? No, no. Why did you just read that? What, what just happened? Let me explain to you exactly what happened. After Jacob died, after Israel died, Israel the individual, after he died, and we have the 12 tribes of Israel, we have the children of Israel, who is in charge? Okay, who is in charge? Well, technically, Israel is still in charge. Israel did not give all authority to Judah to do whatever he wanted to do. Okay. It's like, it's like, uh, even today, if I leave my house and my wife leaves the house with me, okay, I am the authority of my house. And often I will leave one of my children in charge of their other children. And I will tell my other children, you listen to this and you listen, you know, I tell the girls, you listen to Abby. She is in charge while we're gone. Not too long ago, Hannah told Abby when she was watching her, you're not my boss. <laughs> and it's like, she's figured out this is just a sister, not a parent. I don't have to listen to her, but no, actually she does. And I told Hannah, I said, you do listen to your sister. Daddy said, so because I am in authority, I have the ability to leave and to delegate someone to watch over their brothers and sisters. And that individual, Abby she should do things according to my will, not her own will. Just because I left her in charge does not mean she has all authority. And Jacob, before he passed off the scene, he put Judah in charge of the other brethren. Judah was supposed to be in charge of the other tribes. Now, Judah is supposed to continue to perform the will of his father, Israel, but Judah is technically the one in charge on behalf of his father. Now, they were in Egypt for many years. But when they came out of Egypt, they followed Moses. But then the first judge that they had when, when they were actually doing things right, they had Caleb, who was from the tribe of Judah. That's what they were supposed to do. Now, they got in all kinds of trouble. They were a mess throughout the book of Judges. And so it wasn't usually Judah leading like it was supposed to. I'm not going to go into all the scriptures on this. But eventually, eventually... Israel got it right, and guess who became king? David, who is from the line of Judah. Judah was in charge of all of the other tribes because Jacob put him in charge of his brethren. But Jacob's still the boss, ladies and gentlemen. Israel is still the boss. And that is why they continue calling themselves the children of Israel and not the children of Judah. No, they all were in submission to to their father. Now they were constantly rebelling and getting in trouble, which was rebellion against God and God would deal with them. But they, they barely remained intact as a people. 
you know, we had the kingdom split and you all know the history, uh, but I'm just showing you the details. So as long as they remained within that covenant, though, the inheritance was theirs. The blessing was theirs. Um, all, all of those things because of Jacob. But now notice back in that prophecy, because Jacob did pass the deed to someone and notice what it says in Genesis 49, 10, it says the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come and unto him shall the gathering of the people be until Shiloh come. The blessings and the covenant went from Jacob or Israel, you could say to Shiloh. He left Judah in charge. He said, Judah, you're in charge of your brethren until Shiloh comes. When he comes, Unto him shall the gathering of the people be. He is the one that you're going to follow. The covenant is his. It's his. Jacob passed it to him. Not necessarily all the descendants. It's those who are a part, remain a part of the covenant. And so when Shiloh came and he has the covenant. In fact, he was the seed to whom the promises were made, according to Galatians 3.19. Because, again, in Genesis, we have the circumcision added. And in Galatians, it's showing how you're not saved by keeping the circumcision. The inheritance is not by the law. Because technically, if it's by the law, you're required to keep all the law. And it said, and he even says in Galatians 3.19, Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgression Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. That's Jesus. The promise was about him and to him. All the nations of the world were blessed through Christ because he brought salvation to the world. That's why the angel said, fear not for behold, I bring unto you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ. Lord Jesus is the blessing and Jesus is the seed that the promises were made to. Je Jesus is the one that Jacob chose to give the covenant, the deeds, and the promises to. He put Judah in charge until Shiloh came. But you know what he told him? Unto him should the gathering of the people be. When Shiloh comes, you follow him. When the Messiah comes, you follow, you follow him. And Shiloh, it just means tranquil. Or in, and if you look it up, it means tranquil. It's like peace. Or it's an epithet of the Messiah is what it will say in the definition. Until the Messiah comes. Judah, you're in charge until the Messiah comes. The Messiah came. And those who were obedient to Israel, like the apostles, they followed Christ. And they remained in the covenant. Basically, what Jacob just said there is what Moses told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 18 and verse 15. When he said, the Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet with a capital P from the midst of thee. He's going to be born among them. That was Jesus. Of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him shall ye hearken. That's what it says in Deuteronomy 18 and verse 15. It says, when that prophet like me comes along, you listen to what he says. You follow after him. And he said in verse 18, I will raise him up a prophet from among their brethren like unto me. And I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it. 
of him. So folks, you cannot get around that right there. And people will often bring out, well, it's an everlasting covenant. Okay, the promises, okay? The promises, it is, it's an everlasting covenant. It goes on forever, okay? But you got to understand that there were commands within that covenant to follow the Messiah, to remain in the covenant, that God gave these promises till the seed should come. Jacob put Judah in charge till Shiloh came. The law and Moses was the authority until the prophet like Moses came. Jesus. They were supposed to follow Jesus. And so when the children of Israel disobeyed Israel, when they disobeyed Moses and they rejected Jesus Christ, the Bible is crystal clear in Romans 11 that those branches were broken off. They were cut off from the olive tree. They were judged. They were destroyed, like God said. Now, you say, well, God cast away his people. Listen, all that means is they can still be grafted back in. They could still be saved. God hath not cast them away, just like God hasn't cast away Muslims. God hasn't cast away Americans. God hasn't cast away Chinese. They can still be saved. Well, then why did Paul single out Israel? Because people were thinking because of what Israel had done and how they rejected that they were finished. It was over. But no, Paul wanted to see Jews get saved. Paul got saved. He was, Paul used himself as proof that God wasn't done with Israel or that they were not cast away. So you all just read that verse and that shows, and then you just attach things to it that Paul never, ever intended. So, so, when, so when you look at that, back to that diagram, you know, when you see that Abraham, Isaac, Jewish people, and then Jesus, understand that covenant went from Jewish people, you could say, to Jesus and Christianity. That's where the covenant is. You follow that line. It's not with an ethnic group that rejected and rebelled against their fathers. Remember what Jesus told the Pharisees when they listen to me. He said, if you are Abraham's children. He said, if you were, he, first he told them they were Abraham's children physically, but then he said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But you know, you seek to kill me. He, he called them out for all that they did. He said, this did not Abraham. The things that they were doing was in disobedience to Abraham. It was contrary to the works of Abraham and the actions of Abraham. It was contrary to the words and the actions and the commands of Isaac and Jacob. They were not doing what the children of Israel should be doing. They were not doing what Moses commanded them to do. And therefore they were broken off of the covenant. Ultimately they were broken off from the covenant because they did not keep the law. And you say, well, no one ever kept the law. I know that yet those in the old Testament who are of faith, they still received imputed righteousness. They still receive salvation. And they are in heaven and they will resurrect with us at the last day. And they will be a part of that millennial kingdom. And we will sit with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom. But the children of the kingdom are going to be cast in outer darkness. So understand, we're just, we're just following the covenant. Jacob, it, it was never about bloodline. It was never to all the descendants. Jacob said he put Judah in charge of the tribes and all the tribes were always required 
to follow the laws of their father, Israel, if they want to continue being of Israel. It wasn't just an automatic because they just happened to have the right bloodline and the right DNA. They were to follow Christ. Peter preached about following Christ when he said, For Moses truly said unto your fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And again, isn't that what we do as parents? We tell, your, we tell the younger kids, you listen to your older brother and sister. That is our command. That is our command. And so these things that God gave, like the Sabbath, like the sacrifices, the things of the temple, the Levitical priesthood, the, cer the, the, the ceremonial ordinances, the feasts, the Sabbaths, all these things that people were accusing Jesus of breaking the law when he didn't do these things. But Jesus was Lord of the Sabbath. He had authority over those things. And so the reality is when Jesus came and preached and they didn't listen to him, they rejected Israel. They rejected the covenant. Jesus was the one who got the deed. Jesus is the one who inherits all things. Jesus is the one that the promises were made to. Jesus is the one where we find fulfillment. Jesus is the one where we find salvation. Jesus is the one where, there, where we find a resurrection. Everything is centered around Jesus Christ. Everything pointed to Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. And everything today, it points back to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And that's why in Galatians 3, 29, it says, And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs, according to the promise. And I just, just this week, had a preacher it's about the Abrahamic covenant, you know, and that there's a difference between what we receive through Abraham in Christ and what God promised the nation of Israel in, you know, in the Abrahamic covenant. No, you don't understand the Abrahamic covenant. The Abrahamic covenant was never to all the descendants. And you know that, and you agree with me on that until we get to the 12 tribes, you know, and you don't give any scripture to show why it went to all of them, how it went to all of them. You, you, have, you have nothing on that. You have nothing. The seed, Shiloh, was Jesus Christ. It was all about him. And let me tell you, those who are replacing Jesus Christ with an ethnic group, those who are trying to steal the promises that belong to Jesus and give them to an ethnic group, you are replacement heretics. You preach replacement heresy and you are just dead wrong, and you don't even know what the Abrahamic covenant is. You don't understand how it works, and it is an eternal covenant. Why? Because Jesus Christ is eternal. Jesus Christ is forever. Jesus Christ is where the preservation is at. Jesus Christ is why people, again, everyone broke the law. Everyone has broken the law, but yet we who have put our faith in Christ, we have received imputed righteousness because Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day. Jesus did keep the law. Jesus never broke any of those things. And Jesus became a curse for us. There is not one Jew that has ever lived other than Jesus Christ who has not broken the law and therefore technically should be accursed. But yet at the same time, there's going to be a multitude like the sand of the sea in number. Why is that? That why, because, because of Jesus Christ, because of salvation, because he has preserved them. So those of you who listen to this program today, 
you are now several steps ahead of dispensationalists. They only know how to follow the Abrahamic covenant until it gets to Jacob, and then they just magically quit. Isn't it interesting how they magically quit? And they don't go on from there, not understanding it was. And, and what they need to do, what you need to demand of people, show me when it became about a bloodline. Because no Ishmael, no, and sons of Keturah, always bring them up too. Uh, no Esau. Why is, why is that? So uh, I hope this was a help and a blessing. Let me, I'll, I'll close showing this too. So we have this diagram that looks better than the one that I made, but it's wrong. It's flawed. Okay. But here, when we think about the Abrahamic covenant, I want you to think about deed holders. Okay. Uh, and, and Abraham was the first. Isaac was the second. Jacob was the third. Jacob never passed it to any individual son. He just put one son in charge until Shiloh came. So here's way the Abrahamic covenant works. It goes to Abraham and then it goes to Isaac, not Ishmael. Goes to Jacob slash Israel. Israel, the individual, not Esau. It goes from Israel to the 12 tribes of Israel. 12 tribes of Israel. As long as they are of Israel, they are fine. As long as they remain under their father who was in charge, who had that deed, who had claim to the inheritance, they are fine, okay? But that only goes until Shiloh comes. Shiloh, Jesus Christ, that is where the covenant goes. And that is why Paul said, for they are not all Israel that are of Israel. That's why he said that. And that's, and then he referred back and Isaac shall thy seed be called. Why? Because it's about those who are of promise. It's about those who are of faith. That's why he said in Galatians 4.28, now we brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Why? Because of faith it was never, ever, ever about a bloodline. So that concludes this program. And the next time somebody tries to throw a bunch of Abrahamic covenant nonsense at you, so they to get you to go support a war being fought by a UN creation from 1948, then you know what? You throw this program right in their face. You hit them. You rub their nose in Genesis chapter 49. You force them to show you when these things became about a bloodline. They can't do it, folks. It ain't there. I showed you the details. This everlasting covenant for sure had a way for you to get cut off from it. And you know how you get cut off from that everlasting covenant? You break the law. And yes, we are all lawbreakers. That's why, thank God, that God kept his promise to Israel and he preserved them as a people and the seed came to whom the promises were made. And we all can be whole. We can all be imputed righteousness through Jesus Christ. And everyone who claims that an ethnic group has a covenant on them is, is giving them that promise outside of Jesus Christ. That cannot be done. That kind of teaching is helping send Jews to hell and it needs to be called out. It is wicked. And many of you, many people teaching, I believe are wicked. I think most are ignorant, but let me tell you, if you're going to continue to ignore the scriptures and give in to the political pressure, you're a coward and you're not worthy to be a pastor and to stand behind a pulpit. 
And you know what? You might as well let you might as well let the woman be the pastor. I know that's unbiblical too, but you should be ashamed of yourself and you need to get this right. And let me tell you something. I, I'm tired of Baptist preachers saying I stand with Israel and they're too scared to stand with them anywhere where there's opposition. You come stand with Israel on this program and let me grill you on it. And I want to see what you say to some of these things. You think I gave you everything I got in this program? Oh, you have no idea the arsenal I have that I am ready to unleash on the world. So you better bring your A-game, buddy. So anyway, thank you for watching this program. Please like and share, spread the word. God bless. We'll see you all next time.